I worked in a 10-man SF freefall team. We were basically the regiment's pathfinders, but we also worked as a part of the GCP group, which is a group that supports the French Special Operations Command. You're listening to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. This is conversation number 152, total episodes number 260. Today's episode feels as if I opened up a history book to which I've never read before and read the pages of history that haven't been told before. My guest today is Joel Struthers, who served in the French Foreign Legion, and I just haven't had a guest like this on here before. It was incredible. Not only did he share about his life and his experiences, how they impacted him and how they're impacting others and how he wrote a book about it, but he shared some more of his family history, which is just incredible. I mean, it really, it was so good. A lot of great advice, even though I dare say advice. You'll see why in the episode, but it was such a great episode. I'm just always so humbled to have people on here. So remember, you can find this episode and all of the conversations and the contemplations on ChristophLewis.com forward slash podcast on any of your favorite podcasts apps you can watch the conversations these type episodes with the guests on youtube head over there and subscribe and you can find me on instagram at christoph lewis again thank you so much for being here i never take it for granted sharing this podcast with a friend checking out all the other 259 episodes are great ways to help out heading over to apple podcasts and itunes and rating five stars actually does help add legitimacy and crank up the rankings so i really appreciate it never take it for granted so without further ado welcome to the christoph lewis podcast create your career Christoph, I appreciate the opportunity, and it's my pleasure. I'm gonna I'm gonna start saying this. I think at every podcast now in the beginning, I'm just so excited to do another podcast and have another guest on here. It always means so much for you to take your time out of your day to be able to do this. And I know uh, you and I have been like bouncing back and forth, and just between your life and my life, it's super crazy. So to be able to do this is just incredible. I don't take it for granted. And I think doing it now in the state of the world is that much more important to be able to like have these kind of conversations and, and hopefully spark these conversations in other people. So before we get into the rest of the episode, do you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself for those of the people that might not know who you are? You betcha. Um, yeah, I'm coming from Vancouver, Canada, Western, uh, Western Canada, the uh, province of British Columbia. I'm a uh, ex-legionnaire from, I had written uh, a detailed account of my six years in the airborne with French foreign legion, a book that came out last year, but I, exactly a year now, Appel, Canadian and French Foreign Legion. And the objective was basically just to educate people. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions, uh, excuse me, French, a lot of bullshit out there about <laughs> what a legionnaire is. And uh, I worked in a 10-man uh, a SF freefall team. We were basically the regiment's pathfinders, but we also worked as a part of the GCP group, which is a um, group that supports the French operations, Special Operations Command, sorry. Mm-hmm. So I worked with some some switched on guys, some people that are respected. And, uh, you know, one of them in particular, a friend paid the ultimate sacrifice. And I know that the team recently are obviously busy and, um, 
long story short, there was never really a good story out there that depicted the truth of what a legionnaire is. Because um, unfortunately, a lot of the books that came out were the narrative from deserters, people that had gone in and left. Um, so yeah, I just decided to, to put the time and effort together. I uh, had some help and um, in the end, Wilfrid Laurier University Press took it on. So yeah, at the end of the day, that was the, the objective was put something out there. If people want to know the truth, it's out there to read. Um, and uh, that was quite, I mean, I'm, I'm getting on, but uh, I left the military in 2000. And the transition from the uh, the rep, which is the Airborne Regiment in the French Royal Legion, I went straight into uh, flying helicopters commercially. And that just stems from spending a lot of time in the back of the machines, watching the guys fly. Yeah. And I was enamored with the, the noise, the sound, and just watching watching the guys do their thing. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I kind of hit that phase in life where I was 29, 30, and you kind of got to think long game. And I was just looking at, uh, you know, the job we were doing, albeit it was great. Excellent experience. I learned a lot about myself, but it was, you know, is this what I want to do for a career yeah. or do I go on to the next thing? And that was my, my decision was to, to move on, take what I had learned and uh, apply that in the, uh, the civilian world. Let me tell you, that's so cool for so many reasons, but it really just nails exactly what I'm trying to do here with the podcast. And that's highlight people like yourself that you said you're trying to play the long game, right? Or trying to figure out like, I know I actually just gave a presentation at my own job today about podcasting, interestingly enough, and I have my, my day job has nothing to do with podcasting. So I said the same thing is I didn't really know what the hell I wanted to do in my own life. So it's cool to be able to hear that you are already planning for the long game. You took something that you were fascinated with, you're interested with, and you're just like, let's do this, you know, let's make this happen. And I know uh, how incredible that can be. So it's cool that you did that. And also I want to highlight the fact that you said you had help, you know, with your book, you had help doing that, you know, and I think that's just so important. And one of the reasons I, I wanted to have you on here is because I knew we would touch on things like that, that we can't do this stuff alone, whether it be a book, um, which is on my list now, I, I want to read it. You left in 2000, it is 2020, and you've been flying for 20 years. Can you talk a little bit more about the transition between getting out and then getting into flying? Yeah, by all means. Um, now, my transition wasn't necessarily cut and dry because... I got out, I started flying, and uh, certainly in Canada for low-time helicopter pilots, it's, there's not a ton of work in the winters, because mm -hmm. um, our, predominantly our, our season is the summer, which is obviously fires, oil and gas, surveying, that type of stuff. So in the winters, the pilots with the, the more experience will get deli skiing type uh, stuff. So I actually started working for a firm out of London called Armour Group, and uh, at the time they had uh, contracts with uh, Holly Burton Oil supporting their oil and gas efforts in North Africa, in particular Algeria. And then I kind of find myself for almost six, seven years, I would do six months flying, basically the summer season in Canada. And then I would head overseas and I would do, I did North Africa. I did on and off quite a few years in Iraq and then I did a full year in Afghanistan. So my transition was kind of truncated in that, mm -hmm. you know, I left the military, I got into the, the rotary aviation side of things, but I still got a taste of seeing what was happening out there, you know, being, That's being so cool. embedded with yeah. the, uh, the Americans and the British. So it wasn't, quite as cut and dry, but certainly um, I do have memories of my first year, you know, going to flight school, starting my first job and kind of working the city, city market. And it was, it was definitely a, a challenge. Yeah. Um, but uh, if I could go back and give my advice or advice to myself, I think I'd probably say, 
maybe shut up a little more and just watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't think you put all or, or think that your things are going to transpire like it does in the military. It's a whole different game. Yeah. And basically just try to figure out where you fit in the program and take that path of least uh, resistance. Um, but anyway, that's life, right? We learn on our, our mistakes. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a challenge, but um, you know, life is, life is a challenge. So there you go. Yeah, but that's so cool. And I think that just nails home, like it hits it out of the park. What we're trying to do here with this conversation is like, you said, if you could go back, you know, you had, I just shut up and listen, but like now is the opportunity for, you know, you had all these experiences over multiple careers and we're able to capture that here and share it for other people. So some of those things are, I think, pretty important, pretty special. And I think to, again, to reiterate, like what a special time it is for us to be able to do this. You know, you are in a different country. I am on the other side of the coast in Norfolk, Virginia, recording this and for us able to do that. It's just not something I take for granted, man. So I think it's cool. And I even want to take a step back further about, you said you wrote the book. You didn't really, uh, from my interpretation, based on what you said, you didn't really like what was out there about the Legion. And so you wanted to write what you wanted to write, uh, from your firsthand experience. And I think that's very honorable to be able to do that. And it coincides with the create your career, is create it if you don't see it create it and you just did that yeah fair enough and i you know i give all the uh kudos to my grandfather who was a two-star and when i was doing my flight school in victoria which is uh vancouver island um my grandfather and grandmother lived there so i'd go there every sunday to have dinner and just you know hang out with my grandparents and he was a childhood hero um you know fought the second war anyway um wow. he had told me at the time you know what joel if you don't do it now, you'll regret it. Because he was doing his degree at the time and he was writing his memoirs and he hadn't kept a, a diary during the war. So he said to me, Joel, write down your memories now if you hadn't kept a diary because you'll regret it. And that's what he did, so he regretted it. So I, I was sitting on a, a natural gas rig in the, huh. uh, the Sahara Desert and uh, basically in a container for almost three months. And I just went to town on a Word document. It was about 150,000 words of just verbal <laughs> diarrhea, you know, no respect for, sure, for sure. English, not my choice, <laughs> but just because that, that's how bad my English was. And, uh, you know, certainly punctuation was not involved. Um, and that sat for 10 years. And yeah, yeah. As, as you mentioned, you know, I, nothing ever came out that was representative of mm-hmm. a legionnaire who was mm-hmm. at the end of the day is a soldier, you know, mm-hmm. just a young man who wants a soldier and maybe he doesn't have the opportunities to do so in it for his own country, or he's done that and he wants to go and do it elsewhere. Cause it's a bit old school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, as you said, I just took it a pie. I said, "Hey, maybe it's maybe it's on me." And uh, yeah. yeah, I put time and effort. And uh, yeah, I'm, I think the result is good. I think people are able to read and 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 see the truth. Um, and there's a forward, as I mentioned, there's a forward for my former uh, captain in the GCP, who will be yeah. a general here soon, wow. still active. And then um, and the Legion approved the narrative, so it's mm-hmm. in that regards, it's the first of its kind. It's uh, so you know that's legit. Anyway, so that's so, yeah. that's so exciting. And, I, 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 well, reference, I'm sorry not to cut you off, but something no, uh, reference your your last comment. Uh, I think the best advice I was ever given was don't give advice. But uh, what I do is I try to learn from others' mistakes, and that's mm-hmm. something I respect. Is when you have your your peers or the people that you respect in your in your career or in life that can tell you mistakes they've made, and you can pick and choose by listening to their experiences and decide. You know what? maybe I won't take that road or mm-hmm. it just pops up your mind when you get into a similar situation. You're like, you know what? I've heard about this before and 
that route is the wrong route. So, yeah. yeah. And I find that, you know, in the flying business, uh, especially helicopters, that's, that's huge. Cause there's, there's bold helicopters or bold helicopter pilots, old helicopter pilots, but there's no bold. And old helicopter pilots. <laughs> so, they give you your, when they say, Hey, don't do that. It's not going to serve you well. You know, you listen and it's because it's true. <laughs> well speaking of not giving advice I, I don't know if i dare say like that's some really good advice there but uh t- take, take it as you want it you know but but i think it's great that you had such people in your life to be able to give you i need to find a synonym quick to, to give you those recommendations of having a diary i think having something like that is so special and the fact that you took it a different route right you took it to be able to create a book and then be able to share it with people yeah. and I feel as if kind of like that's what I'm doing with the the podcast is a, a, I've called it like kind of like a verbal journal. You know, I get to, yep. to hear myself and I get to I get to re-listen to it. And, you know, my daughter will be able to listen to it down the road and uh, our, our families will be able to do that. Your family and your friends and, and whomever will be able to read that book. And I think there's something really powerful in that to be able to capture what you've experienced and share it with other people. So digging a little bit further into... Uh, the Legionnaire, I just had a question and just based out of curiosity is like the Legion is known for its rigorous discipline. I know you kind of touched on, on your book and from the synopsis I read, and I would love for you to share if you could uh, some of what does that entail and maybe some of what we could apply to our own lives that are civilians or just not doing what you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, people ask me often, and this will get into your, your question is, was it tough? And as a young man, I wanted a soldier, and that's what I wanted to do. So I joined the Legion. That was the opportunity they had. So I was I enjoyed the experience, and um, I think for that reason, it wasn't tough. There was a lot of discipline. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're not towing the line or you're not pulling your weight, they have the ability to let you know that that's you know not. Uh, <laughs> not acceptable, which, and I had a, you know, a small experience in the Canadian military. I'd done my battle school, my, well, my basic, my battle school, and then gone over to France to do the, uh, do that. And, um, it was quite different in that the Canadian military system, you know, was a lot more politically correct and there was no physical, not physical, physical abuse is the wrong word, but in the Legion, they could, you know, if you weren't on the line, they could slap you across the face, give you a good knee to the gut. And just, you know, make you do push-ups or, sure. you know, stress positions until you're ready to, to throw up your your lunch, you know. Whereas <laughs> I didn't really experience that on the, the other side of the water. Yeah. But my thinking is that, you know, and the Legion's been doing this for a long time. And they're taking, on average, 1 in 15 get through the initial processing system. So they can pick and choose. And they've been doing this a long time. Um, so their system is fair and obviously works. And what they do during their basic, which is a, a four-month period, Initially, it's a month at this farm where they kind of teach you the, the life of a legionnaire and the discipline and, and mm-hmm. some of the basics. And it's basically to, to teach you whether or not you want to be there, which I think is smart. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, they are potentially sending you to some of the worst spots in the world mm-hmm. or to see what humanity has to offer at its worst. Mm-hmm. And I think weeding out the people that are probably going to be a little more successful in that environment mm-hmm. is a smart thing, not only for them, but also for the individual that's, you know, maybe there for the wrong reason. And uh, I think it's effective. And for me, I had, I had no issues with it. If I got smacked across the face or I saw someone else get to get worked over a little bit because yeah. they were towing the line, I thought, you know what, this is kind of cool as fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at the time. But I was a younger man, you know? But yeah. So it's just old school in that regards. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, I think it has, I've spoken to, I still have a friend actually that's in charge of, uh, um, he was a French uh, corporate with me when we were in, in the section. Now he's a, he's a lieutenant in charge of the selection for Legion in Marseille. And I've talked to a couple of guys also that recently got out and things have toned down a lot. Um, but they're also busy. They've been busy, obviously, Afghanistan. They've been in Mali now for quite a few years. And I think, as you know, as well as I, you know, peacetime, wartime armies differ and turnover is always an issue. So I think the thinking is, you know, the guys are busy. Mm-hmm. They're getting the job done. They're sticking it out. Why give them a hard time in, in garrison or sure. whatever, just lay off them because, you know, they're getting the job done. So things have calmed down a lot sure. since. The other side too is just, I always find, I'm sure you do too as a soldier, is you always like to read or hear about other people's experiences because that's something you always think about is what what is it like over yeah. there? I was fortunate enough that we're all kind of, you know, obviously different nationalities, different backgrounds, but we work together and you really see the common themes in, in, in humans, right? Especially as a young man, we're all, we all have the same base. And at the end of it, you know, you're in a, a service or a unit together and you basically just carry on and, and get the job done. And I think for me that uh, it was enlightenment mm-hmm. per se as a young man. Was like, you know, I didn't um, come back. And I think, you know, you know, the Legion's the best or, you know, yeah. other you know what I mean? It's at the end of the day, you you start from the same base, which is a human being, and it's all training and and uh, the support afterwards. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, it's very unique. It's a unique question in a sense of uh, like, for example, I believe you're the 152nd guest I've on here, and I just haven't had somebody with your background on here. And just for the yep. record, I think that's pretty awesome. You know, there's, uh, it just it. it you are helping me get my mission done by highlighting a bunch of different careers, jobs, and the fact that you've been able to successfully transition into doing something that you like. So it's cool that you have a unique background. And I also don't think I've had any helicopter pilots on here. And I, I just think it's just incredible to be able to have, uh, actually, I take that back. I have one other one, but to have people on here that are just going after what they want to do and then talking about it in the manner yep. how you're talking about it, right? Um, saying that that is possible and then describing your your experiences as you are. And I think your specific experience in the Legion is, is very different than the experience I had or most people have in the military, I should say, uh, because of that, because of everybody coming together to do something and, and yep. ser- serve in that respect. So I, I'm actually really excited to read that book, as I said, again, to reiterate, and, and for all those experiences I think it's very unique and I think the uniqueness of it can bring a lot of light, shed a lot of light on our own lives and it's in its own special way. So uh, I, I did also want to talk a little bit about maybe some of the behaviors uh, while you were serving or even now, even things that you're working on now, but some of the behaviors in your life that lead to whatever your version of success is, you know, however you quantify that. Yeah. I mean, I certainly, obviously when I joined, I was 20, 21. So I was, I was a young man, but I was, you know, um, I had gotten myself into some trouble, but I came from a good family. And you know, my dad was a uh, retired fighter pilot in the Canadian military. He flew the uh, 104 and the F-18. Um, nice. My mom, you know, was a, you know, I love my mom, you know, as we do. <laughs> so I came from a good family. And I recognized early on that my, my lack of direction was leading me nowhere. And that mm-hmm. stemmed from, at the time, the Canadian military wasn't taking on reg force applicants because of the cutback. So anyway, long story short, I joined, decided to go over, join the the Legion. And those experiences as a young man, I think taught a lot about myself. 
because obviously, as we all know, as young men, we don't really know what our limits are, what our capabilities are, and we're still trying to figure out where where we stand on on a lot of things. I think being thrown into a disciplined type environment, certainly being thrown into different parts of the world that, as a young Canadian, would be you know would way out of my normal realm, um, <laughs> was a huge learning experience and beneficial to me later on as a 30 year old. Um, and now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 48. So 30 to me seems like a young man, you know, but, uh, such as life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so leaving, leaving the Legion, I was able to, you know, as a different person that joined, I think I was more confident as we become in myself and what I was about. And then you also, in those years for me, it was six, you kind of try to figure out what you're, what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Uh, things, things obviously change with, with age and perspective. Um, and you know, I was able to kind of take that experience and now this is who I am as a a young or as a 30 year old. And this is what I want to do on the, on the other side of it. I also figured out and saw a lot of things that I wasn't good at and my weaknesses, you know, they're not all pros and cons and certainly being thrown into some situations. You, yeah, I think everyone's the same going in, especially if you want a soldier, you have these ideas or misconceptions of what it's going to be like. Yeah. And when you do get to a comments here or whatever, you're not necessarily the as tough or as brave as you might want to be. Right. Sure. And uh, so it's humbling, but it's also important and it teaches you what you're, where you stand in the, the spectrum of, you know, a lot of things in life. And so I was able to, I guess, take that and figure out what I was good at, what my potential was and where I'd probably fit best in life and then, and go after it. And yeah. uh, not being said that I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have done a career of soldiering, but during the time I was in, things weren't quite as, as busy as they are for the young men and women now, which, you know, has its pros and cons too, but sure. uh, yeah. Yeah, man. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think one of the key things that at least that I honed down on was you mentioned your lack of direction that you had. I think that's yeah. a lot of things that people experience when I was in a supervisor role for a little bit. A lot of people had a lack of direction. And frankly, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. So it's cool to be able to hear you say that. Uh, but again, yeah. hear like how you did it for you. It was the military. For me, it was the military getting that uh, sense of direction aligned. And even then it's just like, it, and it's a little cliche, but they say it's the journey, you know, it's not the destination, but quite frankly, yeah. it's like, I've never, whatever the hell figured out means I've never really figured it out, but I continue to figure things out and find my direction. And that's why that was a good answer. Um, because I mean, you're, you found your direction, you're finding your direction and you broke it down into like 20, 30, 40, and then your age now and, and things like that are, I think, very important. And no, that, that was good. I, and I, I really like that. So I want to know. I think you also, sorry, not to. No, please, please. Jump in there. But to add to it, too, is in those type of environments, especially the military, you kind of see other arms of the military or you're in different experiences. Yeah. You see it, and you're able you're able to see things that you might not see in your average type of career or whatever. And you might just be lucky enough to see something. Like, hey, I never never realized that existed or that looks interesting to me. And then you find that, that yeah, interest that exactly, you never had. Exactly. But also I've always found was you see other human beings that you would like to emulate and think, you know what, that person has their shit together yeah. and I respect that. And it's, you know, it's, so you're able to kind of look around you and I think try to figure out, you think, yeah, I want to be that type of 
that type of person. Yeah, exactly. Um, like you, you pick and pull. Yeah. You see people yeah, in leadership yeah. positions or people that are working yeah. laterally next to you and you're like, Oh, I, I love how they do that. I never thought about it that way. You know, maybe I can apply that. And it's, it's so great. And I think like, uh, on the opposite side, you see people what not to do. So I think just yes. by putting yourself in a position to where you're going to gain uh, experience by, yep. you know, joining or by going abroad and going into some not so great places and seeing some not so great yep. things and seeing how other people live. Right. I mean, that, that is, that is a pretty insane experience to be able to go some of the places yep. uh, overseas, you know, to where we we've had war consistently and it adds just yeah. such a new perspective. And I think even in, you know, you've talked about peacetime, but even during peacetime and then wartime overseas yeah. at home, there are just things you can pick and pull from other people. And then as you, uh, we talked about the sense of direction, as you figure out yeah. your direction, you're able to continuously pull those bits and pieces from other people yeah. and Great. then build up the kind of person you want to be. So it's yeah. cool to see like everything you've talked about thus far and how it, it really is all connected, you know, by, articulating yourself through a book by having these people that gave you great advice. Yeah, I said it again. <laughs> gave you great information. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just messing yeah. around, you know, but uh, yeah. all, all this stuff makes sense and it all comes together yeah. and it all, it all. And obviously these experiences that are our life that come together in our yeah. life make us who we are, but we do have a choice. And that's one thing clearly to me yeah. that you've been able to do is, is have that choice. And I, I know that that travel and those experiences definitely adhere to that and, and, and help you form that person you want to be. I, I want to know, we, we've talked a lot about some good things, you know, you're able to, to serve, you're able to write the book, you're able to help other people, you're able to do what you want, become a pilot, serve in the Legion. Let's talk about something maybe that, maybe that you weren't able to do, not necessarily not able to do, but you thought maybe you weren't going to join or you thought you weren't going to be able, be able to be a pilot or did you have any adversity in your life like that yeah i mean yeah i mean life is adversity yeah um yeah and i certainly have had my fair share um i think my go-to answer when you when you ask that is it doesn't sound like i wanted to be a lawyer or doctor or anything, but um <laughs> i think i always you know i always wanted a soldier and i had my experiences and i got to experience what soldiering is but as i mentioned earlier my the era that i was in was different Spending time in Iraq and Afghanistan and seeing, you know, the young men and women fighting for the you know, Americans, the British and, and the other nations that were, were assisting the effort. I did. There was jealousy wasn't a word, but I just, I, you know, I thought they were perhaps getting okay. a little more. But that has its pros and cons, too. And I just I remember, especially in Afghanistan, we were um, down in Lashkarga and we were embedded with the, uh, the Royal Marines and then the, the Pararegg regiments. They were doing six months. Anyway, I just remember thinking, I think I was around 35 at the time. And uh, I just remember thinking, shit, these, they just look like little kids, you know? And then you would see through the, the tour, because that's when things were, you know, Garash sang and things were kicking off pretty good in that, that part of the world and at that time. And you could just see in their faces, you know? We'd be in the chow hall and out on flying into some of their fobs and stuff. And uh, they just looked. And I thought, you know what? Be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then more recently with, you know, with, the platform that I get from the book, I was, mm-hmm. for example, I was um, invited to be the guest speaker at my old uh, West um, Reserve unit where I initially started in the Canadian military. They had a senior NCO dinner. And I was invited as a guest speaker. And uh, so I stressed about that, put together my little presentation, which I'm not, you know, by no <laughs> means. <laughs> but uh, PTSD was something that just popped up all the time, you know. Um, 
I was sitting beside the the officer he had had his issues with. They had two young men that came back from uh, Afghanistan a couple years later, decided just to, to end their lives. That's how they felt they would deal with it. And then, you know, I'd been on the Jocko podcast and I had quite a few American uh, veterans reach out. And one that sticks out to me was a, um, he mentioned that he left his unit from Afghanistan or Iraq, I think in 2012 or whatever. And since then within their regiment, like 50 guys had, you know, decided. And, and that, as a parent, you know, you mentioned you have kids done, you know, if my son or daughter wanted to serve their country, Canada, I would be proud and honored that they would do that. But I couldn't imagine if they went off, they did the service that the country and the voting public decides they're going to do. Because at the end of the day, we send them off to do this. If they came back and their only way out from whatever they were suffering was, was to end their lives, I would be obviously heartbroken. But I hear other stories. We have all have friends that have gone that route. And yeah, it's... Um, it's something that uh, I don't understand enough about. I'm trying to learn more about, mm -hmm. but I would like to help. And yeah. I think, you know, you, I mentioned back to what I said is I wish I could have soldiered more and maybe experienced a little more, but who knows what that could have led to, right? Yeah. I could be. So um, I just, yeah, I would decided that maybe I can use the book as a platform to somehow create PTSD awareness, mm -hmm. be it for any soldier, and uh, as a result, yeah, we, I started this, um, this effort called Legion Engineered. And uh, yeah, so that's my kind of, that's something I never thought I would, I would do. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just Funny come, how that works. You know, it's just, Funny it's how that works. That. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool though. And I, I think it's really honorable for you to be able to do that. And it hits me, hits me real differently when you explain it like that as a parent. I was yeah. envisioning yeah. that as you were talking and I was just like, God, I would be so proud too. But that uh, yeah. is just, it almost made me sick to my stomach. So for you to be able to take that passion and that emotion and put it into yeah. a book, I think is incredible, man. Oh, I appreciate it. I know there's a, there's a thing going around on Facebook there where it's a, a dad meets his son coming back from a tour in Afghanistan, whatever, you know, he's second or whatever, but you just see the dad just grab his son and just hug the shiro, right? Oh yeah. And that put me right in my spot. If my son went off and you'd be obviously scared shitless for the whole tour. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And God forbid they come back, but they come back and uh, they suffer. That would be just, you know, and then ultimately if they decide in their life, for a parent, as you mentioned, that would just be the worst case scenario. Be so, done, and it's out there. It's, it's surprising how much. And anyway, it's, yeah, it's sad. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But, yeah. You, but, but you've done it and you've been able to capture that and you've been able to write about that and you've been able to talk about it here and everybody knows what I'm about to say, but one of my stipulations for a guest on this show is that they help other people and you're able to do that through this book i didn't even know about it on that level that you just described about it right now and that just makes it so much better to be able to know and i can't wait even more to read it and to recommend it like i do with all the books i read and it just means a lot for me as an individual right now hearing this from you personally that you've been able to experience these things capture that put it into a platform where other people can listen to it read it and then be able to spread awareness on that about something that you care about so much about so for, for me personally, I, I thank you for being able to do that and articulate yourself in that way. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, just to, you know, in the book, I don't really mention the, um, cause this all happened afterwards. I mean, the book was written. So yeah, I don't really mention the PTSD side of stuff, but you talked about it with day, the project too, right? That you're, that you've created though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that came afterwards, but, um, sure. there's, there's, there's family history uh, mm -hmm. on my mom's side. 
this kind of part of the circle is um, my mom's side of the family. There's a Victoria Cross, a VC, that my great, great, great uncle won in the Boer War. And uh, he was actually one of eight VC recipients to have the medal taken back uh, by mm. the Queen or the British government at the time for, in his case, it was, it was theft of steel. So he came back from the Boer War, obviously a brave man, um, you know, survived the VC, was shot through the arm and Ooh. afterwards went, went over to France, served in France and came back and got him started to get himself into trouble from reading, you know, some of the, the military documents on the stuff. It's, you know, I would say it would have been shell shock, you know, mm -hmm. really see the wording they used back in the day. And he was put in like a penal uh, platoon and he wasn't getting paid the money as duly his monthly wage that he felt what he was deserved and he couldn't afford to, to feed his family. So he was stealing um, steel from the, the yards in Birmingham, England to pay, to sell it off wow. pay. And they caught, and that's why they took back the, but three of his children were sent to orphanages. I think two went to the U.S., one to Canada. So as a parent, can you imagine shipping off your kids to orphans? Oh, absolutely or orphanages not. Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. And he died at my age. I think he was 48 when he died. Destitute, obviously, you know, <sighs> suffering from the effects of, you know, probably the Boer War and the, definitely the First World War. And um, after the Legion, working overseas and doing stuff, a couple of partners from the, uh, the military that I was with, we created a company called Ravenhill Risk Control, which is, I took his name out of respect. Nice. And we're, you know, we're, and so, yeah, it all kind of came full circle. I thought, you know, we got this family name, Ravenhill. I don't understand enough about it, but I respect the fact that, you know, a man, a young man served his country, a brave man, obviously VCs are not handed out easily by any means. And uh, he paid the ultimate price. And uh, so it's all kind of, come together uh if that makes any sense yeah. and the objective was not as you know putting out a book is tough i mentioned this a couple of times you because it can it can come across as ego mm -hmm. like oh look at me oh, but but i you know the feedback it, the book isn't about me there's lots i make lots of mistakes as you do so but this just kind of allows it to serve a purpose not just to to talk about me because that's boring at the end of the day <laughs> you know what I mean? it's people not to, though it's not though don't discount you, yourself exactly. yeah. no listen yeah. joel i feel yeah. as if this this episode for me i feel as if i opened up a history book and i'm 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 reading a history book being able to hear about your family you know not only your experiences but you so graciously yeah. uh talked about your own family's experiences and that hits heavy in the way Again, you articulate yourself in that way is very powerful to me, and I appreciate you opening up in that level. So, no, man, this is this cool. has been great. This has been really fun, and it's just yeah. is like I said, I haven't I haven't talked to somebody in this capacity with somebody with your background and the things that you've experienced, and I I I love I just love doing this, man. So it means so much for you able to to come on here and be able to do this. So before we get out of here, though, I'd love for people to be able to find you. And if that would be on sure. Instagram or a website or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram at Joel Struthers. Facebook, same. I'm not a huge social media guru. I only started actually social media stuff after the book because you got to, you obviously have to try to market yourself. But uh, sure, yeah, sure. Instagram and uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, if, you know, on the professional side, if people want to reach out. And uh, yeah, that's, a, that's about it really. Or I can give you my home address and <laughs> they can knock on the I'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure we want to do that you know <laughs> i think travel's a, travel's a bit tough right now i think it's safe yeah true yeah. i don't even think i can get up there now so it's not a problem but yeah. you guys will be able to find all of that and more in the show notes joel thank you so much as i said this has been really powerful really unique i love the perspective that you're able to shed 
on all the topics that we're able to hit. Uh, we talk about these things a lot, but as I said, you're able to shed a new perspective, and I think that's what's so great about this type of platform. So I appreciate, and I'm very humbled that you could come on this platform and be able to say it from your side of the story. Oh, and vice. Oh, I appreciate that. That's uh, that's very kind, and same same to you. I mean, for what you're doing, trying to help people and uh, putting stories out there, and that's yeah, that's that's uh, it's honorable.